There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Made a mistake, James. What's the boy's what's name? I made fish stew and I fished up our house. You did. Well, you're just saying what I said <laughs> before the show. You've taken my excellent line about fishing up the house. <laughs> They made a fish stew. It was delicious, but we've been dealing with the consequences ever since. I know because the paper from the fish, because I was all in a blithery, dithery, I don't know, whatever this week. fish madness. I had fish madness. Mercury poisoning. I put the, <laughs> I put the wrapper from the, like the paper that it was wrapped in in the recycling bin instead of in the regular bin yeah. and I forgot about it and it just stunk out everything. And even though I put everything in the rubbish bin, it still stinks. I don't know why I'm telling everyone this. Unless you're doing a fish finger. Which is prepackaged, frozen, or whatever. You're going to get that fish situation. It's going to happen. You're going to fish up your house unless you're really careful. Yeah, I feel like even if you are really careful, it still happens. So what do we do? I think we, we have... destroy the oceans. <laughs> I think that's already happening. Oh yeah, cool. Lucky. Lucky. Oh god. Anyway, on another note, we are suggestible podcast. I'm Claire James here. Also, we are married Hello. and we recommend you stuff. I've just had a low-cal hot chocolate and it wasn't very good. That's life. You either, <laughs> you either eat well and you're happy but also miserable or you <sighs> eat. No. What are you trying you're to miserable say? Miserable either way. There's a trade-off. Oh, you either eat well and you have great food and you're having a good time. Yes. yes. You know what I mean? But yes. maybe you're not, not in as good shape as you want to be. Or the other way where, you you know, the other thing and et cetera. Okay, yeah, this is the constant swing of my life, right, yeah. because I love to cook. I love it. And I really enjoy eating a lot. Wow. I know. You're so unique. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shut up. You're not like other girls, You're just... <laughs> James is loving because that's something that I'm talking about on a different <laughs> podcast that I'm creating. Yeah. Eventually I will release that bloody thing. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's coming along. Mm, got some good guests lined up as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Anywho, on that note, on that delightful note where James told me I'm not like other girls and right. I have realised it's a really sexist line. Yeah. Because what's wrong with other girls? Other girls are awesome. No, nah, they're not. Well, also, I secretly love that you said that to me too. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is the whole hey, look at your internalized. I didn't even mean it. It was like internalized it was, misogyny. <laughs> it was clearly a, like a joke. a joke. I know. Yeah. But that in itself is the horrible crux that women find themselves in. So true. I know. Anyway, what are we recommending today on the show where we recommend things? Ooh, well, I have a few things. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Oh, excellent. All right. Okay, cool. I have a book for tweens and teens this week. Perfect. What do you got? What's it called? All right. So uh, have you heard of a thing called consent, James? Have I heard of a thing called consent? Yes. Imagine if I said no. (laughs) What's that? No. (laughs) Anyway. I think so. Sounds made up. Dr. Melissa Kang and Yumi Steins, both ah. of whom – so Dr. Melissa Kang is an adolescent health expert and Yumi Steins is an author and writer. She's also written the books, the recipe book series Zero Fucks, which is a really excellent uh, recipe recommendation if I do say so myself. Her sticky chicken wings are a, big a thing fan. to behold. But she's also a commentator and just really funny and creative and great. 
and a host, I think, of a lot of different things. That's right. And she and Melissa have released a book in this series called, that's like a welcome series. So the first one was Welcome to Your Period for Tweens and it's all about, it's kind of got funny illustrations and it's written in a really lovely way aimed at teens about talking about your period and all of the stuff that goes along with that. And the second book, which is the one I'm recommending today, is called Welcome to Consent. Mm. It's an inclusive, frank and funny guide to navigating consent for tweens and teens of all genders So whether you're a curious 11 to 14-year-old or the parent of someone with a bunch of questions, this book is reassuring, interesting, and full of the info you need. Oh. Yeah. I need info. Yeah, do you? Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Well, excellent. It's it's really well done because consent obviously is something that I think particularly for parents at the moment a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. And... When we talk about consent, what we really mean is allowing young people to voice when they're not comfortable and when they are comfortable. Exactly, Um, and 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 checking in. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. And obviously this is around sex and um, relationships, but it can also just be, as the book outlines, just in friendships and relationships. Absolutely, Even within family members about what you're comfortable and not comfortable with. And being able to voice no and then also being able to accept that someone has said no in a really friendly and positive way. Yeah. And actually that is one of the a massive thing I think about this content in this book and also about consent more broadly. It's not just about empowering young people and adults, people of all genders, to be able to say I'm not comfortable in this situation or this is what I would like mm. and this is what I need at this point in time, which I think can be really hard, particularly in relationships, right, to be sure, able yeah. to say I'm just not comfortable in this situation. It, I think particularly when you're a teen and a tween. Definitely, yeah, you're going to change the whole dynamic and yeah. I know people are like, well, is this person not going to like me anymore or whatever? And yeah. Quite frankly, if, they, if they're bothered by that, then no good, get rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well I think... Yeah, completely. I think the other side of it is, yeah, just like what you said, if someone says no Mm. to you, not being offended by that and taking that to heart as meaning they don't like you or they don't want to be around you, it's that that particular thing that you've offered isn't something that they're okay with. And it might even be like that particular time or whatever, you know what I mean? It's an ongoing Exactly, conversation. And checking in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really just about communication and being really yeah. clear between the two of you and being really vocal about what you need and what the other person needs. And so having enthusiastic consent and just always checking in. Yeah. You know, if you're getting down to the business, Whoa. just checking in and making sure that's okay or this is okay and where you're at. I think it's so important. The other thing this book talks about, which I find really interesting, is that whole idea of flight. I'm going to get this wrong. Fight. Flight or freeze. Do you know what Whoa. I mean? Whoa. Do you know what I mean by Are that? Are, yeah, I do. do I do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you like want me to, to explain it? Or what's <laughs> do you want going me on? to explain it? Yeah, I think I'll you should explain, explain it. I'll All tell right. you if you're doing it right. <laughs> Excellent. I appreciate it. So that's that whole idea of when you're in a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable, some people will fight, right? Like yeah. they'll go on the attack and be like, Stop doing it, run, get really aggro and angry and and aggressive or rude in order to kind of get out of that situation. Yep. Some people will flight, which means that they'll just bloody book it out of there. They'll get out of there, make excuses and go. Leg it. Yeah, exactly. May not even say anything, but just get out of there as soon as they possibly can Um, without articulating anything necessarily, Mm -hmm. just running. 
But some people, which I think is really difficult and I and uh, um, is a kind of place that I, I can do this too when I'm in an awkward situation, is freeze. Yeah. And I found I do this just in general with just, I don't know, strange situations. Like, for instance, when I was riding my bike as a kid, and I, I, I went down our driveway, which is super steep. And halfway through riding down the driveway, I just like realized I, I just froze. I got so terrified, and I forgot how to use the brakes. And I just froze mm. on the bike and sailed right across the road and right down the driveway of our neighbor's house and like crashed into their back wall of their carport, scraping their both their family cars. Anyway, <laughs> so. So and then that's that's kind of tricky situation to be in. So, that is a tricky situation to be isn't in, isn't it? I know I was wearing an orange stack hat and everything we on all my bike. Were. We all were. Yeah. Anyway, but I think if if you're someone that freezes in those kind of situations, mm. people might say to you, "Well, why didn't you just say something? Why didn't you speak up and say this was bothering me, or why didn't you, you know, fight back or whatever?" And it's because literally. Your body just freezes yeah. up and you so can't do it. Automatic anything. response. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think it's a really beautifully illustrated book. And you can also get an ebook. So you don't even have to buy the actual hard copy. And a um, book. You can buy it as an ebook from Booktopia. Ebook. An ebook. So it's a really good in um, to have this kind of what can be quite an awkward conversation with your tween or teen. Cool, but super, yeah, really super good. No, I think that's a really one. important conversation to have or not even a conversation, just give them the book and be like, yeah. I talk about this. this <laughs> and is actually Yumi Steins is the one that I got the idea of the word pineapple mm. from, which yeah. I thought was really great. So that's that idea that if you're in a situation with kids where you're mucking around or tickling or whatever and playing, yeah. you kind of agree on a word that – um, allows them to say stop, and if one person says that, it completely means stop. Yeah, it does it. It means all hands off. That's it. They're not comfortable. Yep. And so um, we use pineapple, but you yep. could use any kind of word. You could use any fruit, any fruit or vegetable. <laughs> anyway, but I just like the idea with little kids of teaching them that tiny little thing. Yeah. So that they feel empowered, and it and, sows that seed for. Yeah, for because later. I think tickling is a really great example of that because. You can be saying stop, but what you really mean is this is hilarious yeah, and yeah. this is really funny and it hurts and it's like, but in a good way and, yeah. you know, I'm laughing so much I can't breathe, this is fun. So if you have that word in there, then that's already starting to teach kids about their own boundaries and their own safety. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, there's a little parenting tip and we've used it and it's been great. Yeah, I agree. It's worked really well. That's it. Are you ready for mine? Yeah. Rutherford Falls. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's a show. Why did you say it watched. like that? Ten episodes called Rutherford Falls. Mm. Uh, it's created by Ed Helms, who people would know from The Office and The Hangover. Mm. And he also – Egg Helms. Egg Helms. I was going to say he produced Auntie Donna's series for Netflix. Uh, Michael Schur, who worked on The Office as well, uh, created there. And Sierra Teller Ornales. Uh, who's also who's one of the showrunners on this as well? Who's actually Navajo American, and that ties into the this this show. So it's it's a comedy. It's in a sleepy it's in a sleepy town called Rutherford Falls in the heartland of America somewhere, wherever that is. I don't know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Just a, it's kind of like a porny kind of uh, you know from Parks and Rec kind of correct kind of town, but it's more yes. kind of more. I thought for a minute you were like it's kind of porny kind of town. I, I was guess like, it is well, in a way. How yeah. awkward is that? But it. Uh, so it's yeah, it's a sleepy town, and it's and it starts with the idea of that there's this statue in the middle of a roundabout, which is a descendant of uh, 
Ed Helms mm-hmm. and people keep crashing into it because it's in the middle of the town and it starts off with like – Does that look like Ed Helms? No, not really. It's just a guy with like a pilgrim hat or whatever. And it starts with like we should move this statue because it's a traffic hazard. But it becomes kind of a lot more than that. It also – one of the leads as well is uh, Yana – I'm not sure how to uh, pronounce this. Schmeeding? Sh- 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 uh, and she basically runs a, a cultural centre for Native Americans – in a casino, in the middle of a casino, and it's this thing that like nobody visits, and she's like, "Why am I bothering with this?" And she's she's very well educated, but she also wants to do the right thing, and but she also wants, you know, you know what I mean. So it's kind of this. She's between like, I need to make money and exist, but also this is part of my heritage, and I think it's really important. How do I get people involved? And the, and one of the standout characters is Michael Gray Eyes, who's who owns a casino, and at first and you, has gray eyes. Well, I guess he does. That's his name. <laughs> this is his real name in real life. Ah. Um, and you think he's like a, a con man, like because he owns this casino mm. and he's just, you know, you think he's just fleecing the town and patrons for money. But it's interesting because a lot, all these characters, they're fleshed out in really like interesting ways and it delves into not only the history of the town but also the history of them and how they all kind of relate to each other and friendship. Like there's one moment with the casino, um, uh, with, a, with a casino owner where a, a big city lawyer kind of rolls into town to kind of get him to back down from this lawsuit that he's building and he just like demolishes this guy in, and it's, it's really quite funny and because um, and they're kind of like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, he's just from this small town or whatever and it's just, he just like dismantles this dude and sends him like crying out of the, out of the room. So, yeah, it's about like identity and family and history and like the clashing of cultures. It's also like deeper than you think. It kind of goes into themes as well of all of those things in really interesting ways and it's quite funny and it's not it's not pandering. It's just kind of – it's just interesting and good and, and well worth a look. So if you're overseas in the US, for example, it's on Peacock, but here it's on Stan, all 10 episodes. And I think it's been renewed, which is good because it's a really good show. It's one of those shows where you watch them and then you're like – Ah, now i got to wait a year or whatever for whenever they get around to this again. Mm. That sounds really good. Where can I find it again? You need to tell me that. You can watch it on Stamp. It's on Peacock. All right. Okay. Excellent. Mm. I will enjoy that. That You will. You would like it. It's really good. All right. Okay. I'm really into that. Mm. I'm also really excited to watch that Russia space thing. Oh, yeah. For all mankind. Yeah. Mm. We're going to talk about Yeah. We will talk about it. We will on a different date to this date. Agreed. Let me tell you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Time for an ad, James. Are you ready? Yes. Our old friends at ExpressVPN are here. Are they? Oh, what do they? What do they have to say about for themselves? Wow. What, have you got to, what are they doing? How did you choose which internet service provider to use, James? Uh, well, we picked the one that was, I don't know, whatever, I guess. The sad thing is most of us have very little choice because yep. ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions they serve. That exactly. feels familiar. They then use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers. Data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data on to other big tech companies or advertisers. I knew it. To prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all of my devices with ExpressVPN. Me too. 
So what is ExpressVPN, James, you might ask? I was asking that. It's a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server. Tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. So that your, <laughs> so that your ISP cannot see any of your activity. Just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, the list of people of you've messaged, well, yeah, sites you've visited and videos you've watched gets tracked by tech giants who can then sell your information for profit. <gasps> That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN is the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. Just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all of this without slowing your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. That's, that's Those are rave reviews. <laughs> so stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit expressvpn.com slash suggestible. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash suggestible to get three months free. Yes. Go to expressvpn.com slash suggestible right now to learn more. I will. Thank you for asking. Now back to the show. Back to the show we go. We're never going to stop. We're doing the show and we're not going to stop this show until it's over. What else are you doing? Rutherford Falls. (laughs) Rutherford Falls. It's got like Paul F. Tompkins makes a cameo in it as well and he's really awful and hilarious. He's a great comedian. Ooh, um, excellent. All right. So I have a kind of terrible recommendation and then a great recommendation. Can I – you know how sometimes I choose – Is one of them marriage and the other one marriage, (laughs) am I right? (laughs) I'm sensing a fave here. You've just been looking after kids all day and it's been driving you bananas. That's been good. No, they're good. They're good. They're good ones. Yeah. All right, so my first kind of one that is terrible is a show called Colony on Netflix. Oh, yeah, what's that? Okay, so I started watching it because I thought it would be right up your alley and I just felt like watching a post-apocalyptic kind of movie with aliens sort of vibe. I feel like this is a thing I looked at and then went, nah. Yeah, so it's only three seasons. They cancelled it after three seasons. So I've only got through like the first first half of the first season. Oh, my God, that guy from Lost or whatever. Mm. So, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a TV series and it's basically set after an alien invasion of the Red Hats, whoever they are. But it's about insulin? Oh, there is a, there is a part of it about it. Well, oh, no, that's, up, that's episode four. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, James go on. is going to tell me about the show. That I want to anyway. So basically, from what I can tell, it's Here about a family of four. Um, it's on mute, so I can't hear what's happening, but they seem very distressed about something. <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. Can I? Can I? Goddamn! Explain my own show. You made the show. Yeah. Should anyway, have made a no. better show. Look, no, it's, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> However, I kind of was watching it and got kind of into it. Yeah. In a, like, a really ridiculous kind of way. Look, it is kind of interesting. It basically follows this family of four and their son is missing on the other side of the wall, you find out. Oh, and the they're wall. Kind of, there's like a wall. I know it's okay, just got all of the tropes of a post-apocalyptic thing where aliens have kind of landed and now the government has a huge control over everybody's lives. It's like the TV show Under the Dome. Yeah, exactly. And they're kind of living in this society that's, based now around bartering and around, you know, disappearances of people all the time. The government's always, like, coming in to take people to the factory. Whoa. Whatever the factory is. Is it a death camp? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, It's that kind of vibe. Um, At some point they were taken into a room, stripped down, and then, like, put 
lots of gas around and somehow then they walk off into a light. I don't know yet exactly what that means, but I think it gets the vibe of like the aliens are using human beings as fuel or yeah. some kind of vibe like that. I don't actually know if that's true, but that feels like the vibe. Sounds to me like this is a show you're never going to go back to. After Correct. This, yeah. You won't ever but know. But you know what I do like, what's, what is interesting, and this is a tiny spoiler, the husband in this is like an ex sort of CIA kind of guy. They always are. Yeah. I don't, I'm not in that life anymore. Yeah, exactly. And they basically, yeah. And that wife's like, you, you told me you'd given it up. He's like, what am I supposed to do for my, for my family? This is what I do yeah, best. Yeah, because basically they threaten him and they say, if you don't do this, then we will um, not, like, help you to find your son and your family will be in danger or something. No, oh, what am I supposed to do? You'll get all taken to the factory. So he has to go and help the, them actually fight. The re- There's a group of people who are like the resistance. I'm the best at what, he, I, what I yeah, do. Yeah, and he, this ex-CIA guy has is in is charged with like f- like taking down the resistance group. Wow. Twist, his wife is part of the resistance. Oh, my God, does he know? <laughs> no, not initially. I don't know Man, if they find out. I think she does. How could you compromise us like this? <laughs> you should know we're better than anybody that I always stand up for the right. This goes against everything. My, don't you know my job is dangerous. I'm, I'm the CIA. <laughs> I feel like you've watched a lot of shows like this, I James. Have, yeah. Anyway. I'm um, going to be honest with you. Yeah. I hate everything about this thing you said. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds boring and generic. Look. And it's not- just like a show that. So either it's on for like a season or it goes for 10 years and you're like, shit, that went for 10 years, but three years apparently Look, this one. I did get into it for a little bit. But what lost me on it actually uh, was how boring it was. Well, that'll do it well. <laughs> In the end. No, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch a little bit more of it and I'll see. But it did, does just feel like a bad version of a lot of, of these kind of films that we've seen. Like a bad version of Greenland or something. I liked Greenland. Yeah, I know, Greenland. but like a bad version. Anyway, mm. so that's my anti-recommendation. And my, wow. We're doing anti-recommendations now. That's no, great. No, we're not. No, because my because list is I crazy also, long for that. So No, we're not doing – no, oh. we're positive on this show. And, look, I do kind of enjoy it. And you enjoyed it, the yeah, exactly. female yeah. characters in it, there are some really great ones and the um, wife in it particularly is quite badass and great. Great. So I really enjoyed that. Terrific. Um, there is a ridiculous scene, though, where she get. I think this is what turned me off – she joins the resistance and then she ends up going on like a mission where someone gets shot and it's the first time she's ever seen someone killed. So she sees this guy get shot on the road and she's like super traumatised I know what happens. It. There's that high-pitched noise and like all the little sound drops and there's a muffled voice person going, let's get out of here or whatever. As there's a person bleeding out and then the sound goes and it comes back. And then all the and it starts up again. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, correct. That was very close. Thanks. Accurate. I'm like, it's almost like you've watched a lot of these, James. Look, I've seen every episode, all right? (laughs) It's my favourite show of 2004, which sounds like when it was made. Look, it's not that bad. I'm enjoying it. Anyway, uh, but this is what got me because then she sees that. She gets home. Her husband doesn't know that she's like in the resistance and seen someone killed basically. And instead, like, but she gets all kind of weird and she sees him. And as soon as she sees him, she immediately decides, I know what I want to do after I've just done sex. I knew it. Yeah. And the sex scene goes for like two minutes. Nice. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. That is way, that's way too long. Who has sex for two minutes? (laughs) 
It's ridiculous. No, but there's no, it's just like this re- weird scene where yeah. like she clearly, like what woman in their right mind has been married to someone for 20 years, see someone murdered and then immediately goes, I know what I want to do when I get home. She wants to take her mind off everything. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't know. It just, but like, I, I yeah. And then the end is like, what came over you? Which is like, I don't know. I just wanted to take my mind off something. It's like, it sounds to me like you're keeping secrets. <laughs> That's exactly the line he says. He's like, like oh, I'm not complaining, but uh, that seems like, that is the genuine. What wow, this, sound, this show sounds amazing <laughs> and that's why I've seen every episode of um, the, the, the prison wall. What is <laughs> the it colony. The colony. <laughs> Which is, yeah, anyway. All right. I told you this is my job. <laughs> I told you that. I'm sure he says that line. You made a promise you'd never go back to that life. Yeah, but things are different now since the wall came down. Now son's on, he's on the other side of the wall. Let's have sex. Two minutes though. <laughs> All right. That's literally, yeah, because that was also what happens. He sees some terrible thing and then comes home and immediately has sex with their teeth. Nice. Imagine right. if they both saw terrible things at the same time. <laughs> Jesus. They put holes in each other's heads, just clashing into each imagine. other. Imagine. Mm. All right. Can I quickly do my good recommendation that I love? They just run into each other and explode. <laughs> 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 Their atoms merge and split. <laughs> this whole town is eviscerated. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Now, I would watch that. Me too. I totally would. Oh, and that kind of segues really well into my recommendation. Do you remember Midnight Chicken, James, the book, the recipe book that I talk about a lot that I love? Do I remember that book you never stopped talking about? Ella Rich Bridger. Yeah, well, I bloody love her. Anyway, she's written a poetry book. Well, not written. It's an anthology of poetry. It's called Set Me on Fire. Don't say poetry. Or I can hear in your brain what (laughs) you're going to do. I would never say I think that. James over there. I didn't say anything. I've never said anything. All right. Anyway, it's a beautiful anthology of a lot of poetry that you may not have heard of. Oh. Which is really lovely. Which would be all of it. (laughs) Go on. Anyway, it's a collection of fresh, vibrant voices from poets all over the globe, both living and dead, with an intuitive, accessible, feelings-first format. These are poems for the moments when you really need to know that someone else has been there too. So there's poems about eating and kissing and having too many feelings, about being outside and inside and loving someone so much you think you might die. Oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed by being inside. I've got so many feelings. I'm going to go outside. Oh, my God, my feelings are also, that's too much out here. Maybe I'll just stand in the doorway. Oh, there we go. The perfect balance. Sorry, They're about breakups and getting back together and, oh, God, it's complicated. Don't ask me moments. They're about wanting and waiting and having, about grieving and life after death and the end of the world. They are, in other words, about being alive, James. Sounds amazing. Was that a poem or was that just like a description? (laughs) No, that's just a description from the website. But I wanted to read it out because I felt like you would immediately hate it. My brain shot off when you started doing that. I I thought that's why I couldn't tell it was a poem. Mm. It's not a poem. You're going to read one? No, I'm not going to read one. Then what are you recommending this book for then? Because it's really great and I think it would make a really good gift for Mother's Day if you're in Australia and uh, Sunday is Mother's Day. Mm. So there you oh, go. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's it. Your turn. That's incredible. I love poetry. And thank you for sharing that beautiful book <laughs> description with us. Really, it was very moving. Um, last one I've got is okay. it's a show. It's called The Dick Cavett Show. Ooh. Uh, it aired from 1968 to 1986. Imagine if your name was Dick. Imagine. Imagine. Yeah, it's a pretty good name. Imagine. If but, I... uh, so as, as mentioned, it was cancelled in 1986, which was shortly after we were born. But uh, what, what, it, what, what's interesting about it is 
they've uploaded a bunch of these clips and interviews from the time to YouTube. And it's this really bizarre and interesting time capsule of a particular period in time or this like a bit over a decade. And the amount of like interesting guests, a lot of which are dead now, some of which aren't, is just really fascinating because even some of the ones who are alive now, it captures them in a completely different moment in time. So they've got like Orson Welles, who he, um, he uh, the Citizen Kane, he mm. wrote and directed Citizen Kane. But it's got, he, who's an amazing storyteller. It's got Eddie Murphy, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin in her last interview, Marlon Brando, who sucks, but he's very interesting in an interview because he's the worst. Uh, sure, Robin Williams. So yeah, it's just this amazing collection of these people from a particular point in time, just like smoking cigarettes on a, you know, in a chair, <laughs> just having a chat. And I think what's good about those interviews compared to interviews today or even interviews of the time is it's very kind of informal and he's really disarming and, and he's really low key and he kind of gets into the groove of whatever the guest is kind of feeling mm. and he manages to get information, like really interesting stories and, and information out of, out of them. He's a really good interviewer. Like and I'd never heard of this guy because it's a thing, it's a show that, hadn't didn't come here you know we don't get everything obviously but it's just kind of like it's like it's got a really interesting interesting Paul Newman interview as well I think he might have been on been on a few times I do love Paul Newman you would kiss Paul Newman I would kiss Paul Newman a hundred times he couldn't stop me (laughs) but um yeah it's just it's just this thing that I've just gone down this rabbit hole of this show that it kept popping up in my recommendations and I kept watching and I'm like I should just subscribe to this channel that I watch nearly every interview of (laughs) Yeah. I love those kind mm. of interviews. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And that's my favourite type of interview style. Yeah. I really am not a massive fan of ones where it's very scripted. and It's boring. Yeah, and obviously there's different interview techniques and sometimes if you've only got five minutes for an interview, that's why people do yeah. them that way. But that's why I love shows like as much as I've just I've found out Parky's a bit of a misogynist yeah. and all the things. He's um, a great interviewer. <laughs> he's a great interviewer and I yeah. loved I watched every episode of Parkinson. I loved that. Mm. And I also loved Enough Rope with Andrew uh, Denton yeah, really for that good, reason yeah. because they're kind of, kind of conversational mm. but then somehow get right to the heart of their person, yes. that person's experience. And well-researched and it's not just the same. What's it like being an actor? It's like it's really interesting questions, you know what I mean, or yeah. that take you certain places. Yeah, yeah, and and in a way where the interviewer makes it look effortless, so they yeah, have absolutely. all this well, like research stuff in the back of their brain that they, but they're not reading from a sheet of yeah. questions. They're just kind of grabbing onto those pieces of information as a good conversationalist. Yes, would, you know? some some of the inter- well, the the ones that I've done, which is the which is very few, and you're better at this than I am because you've done it more. Is yeah, you just store a lot of information, you have a kind of a rough idea but then just kind of talk mm. and don't like read off a list of questions. You just like have a conversation and you might not get what you want necessarily depending on the time frame allocated. But, yeah, you're really good at that I feel. Oh, thank like, get, you. Um, catching people off guard. Like, I got you. <laughs> I got you to say something personal. <laughs> no, I, I look, I think some interviews I've done have been better than others. I don't know. I, I find it really hard when I have written questions I very rarely actually read them. Yeah. And when I do, it breaks the flow. Totally. I've been, I know exactly what you're talking mm. about, yeah. Because I think as well if you come, and I also have discovered over time, I don't like to have a laptop 
if I do an interview and I don't like to have an iPad or a screen, yeah, I'll have a notebook with some notes or a piece of paper that I've printed. Yeah. But I think people immediately feel on what's – I can't even really describe it. It's just an energy in the room that if you come in with a laptop with totally, things on it, yeah. people go, okay, this is what this is. This is like I ask you a question, yeah. you answer it. And they immediately get to be quite formal. And that's one style of interview. That's not the way I like to do it. I just want to have a conversation. Yeah. Usually the people I've asked to be interviewed are the people that I just genuinely want to have a conversation yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. And I and because of the delicious thing about podcasting is yum, yum. people say yes. And yeah. then you get to have these conversations with people that you've found interesting that you've always wanted to meet. My always my secret hope is that we'll then become friends. And that really <laughs> And so occasionally it has. Maybe one day it will. <laughs> Maybe. No, it no. has. A couple of people I've interviewed yeah. have become friends. But, yeah, that's my favourite style. Yeah. Have you been interviewed? Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. Bits and pieces. Actually, but I interviewed you. You did, but yeah. I prefer when it's more like a conversation than like an interview. But I don't, I don't, I don't really get interviewed. And I say no to a lot of things. You say no to most of them. I'm just tired. <laughs> it's not personal if you are. Yeah, if you've reached out. Try again. Maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to, which would be more reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more just that at the moment there's just so little time. Yeah. You know, mm. we're both so tired. I also like it when it's well organised, when it's like, okay, we can do it at this time and I need you to – because, I, for example, I did a podcast with Charlie Clawson and I did one with Levens, Andrew Levens earlier this week. And it was just, we just both organised beforehand. It's like, right, I'll record on my end. Right, we'll do it at this time. Right, we're going to roughly talk about this, but whatever. And then that's kind of, that's good going into it, like knowing what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that, you know, I like like that kind of stuff. And and, and it's on time. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't have time to be sitting around waiting for like no, or someone fixing to, tech or fixing issues. tech and shit. I don't have no patience for any of that shit. Yeah. And I know that stuff happens anyway, but but it's annoying. It's, an, you know, it's mm. a, yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. I know the most mortifying thing that happened to me when I was doing interviews for Just Make the Thing mm. was I interviewed Luke McGregor and Celia Pacola, yeah. both of whom I really admire and think they're incredible. And I just got the address wrong and I turned up at the wrong house. Oh, and so no. I was like 20 minutes late and I was mortified. Yeah. because And that threw me for the whole interview because all I could think was, they're writing today on, yeah. you know, they're writing their TV show. They don't need some random girl turning up at their house late. And yeah. I just felt so And now they're not terrible. your friends. No, Willie said <laughs> no. Oh, well. No, they're great. That's, they're great. that's still they're a good so interview. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, look. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, but it, it, it is, there is something about being organised and on time. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, that's a show, James. I agree. Do you have any reviews for us? Oh, my God, i got so many. So i just got this one, though. I'm just going to do one. We need more reviews, by the way. I think I'm running out, so we need more reviews. This one is from Is Every Nickname Took? That's who it's from. Oh. Five stars. Delightful pod with delightful hosts. What a great podcast. If I, if I could, I would suggest listening to Suggestible to the two hosts. Claire and James suggest things to watch, listen, cook, and eat, and banter along the way. Listen to it, you old boot. You can you can you can review an app. You open up your app and you're like, bam, five stars or less, but five is preferable. And you just it can be as short or as long as you like. And we really appreciate it, don't we, Claire? What have you got there? What do you we working? do? I forgot we've got a voice recording today. You didn't tell me how to voice recording. I got a. I did know, I bring my? I'm head- sorry. We're so unprofessional. Did speaking I bring of my professionalism, in? I can't remember. Do you yes, want to I use- did. I did it. Good thing my professionalism. You don't need to do that. Oh, Black right. makes up for your lack of professionalism. What? Claire. Yeah, this is true. 
All right, here Look, we go. There's a reason why you're famous and I'm, yeah, I'm so around. <laughs> Both of us are so famous. Yeah. What's uh what's next? What are we doing? Okay. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right. This is a lovely email from Mark Smee. And he lives in the UK and you can also do a voice memo just like this. If you write into suggestapod at gmail.com. Uh, maybe I will. All right. Dear James and Claire, as a Brit, I loved the zucchini pasta episode of Suggestible. Mm. <laughs> I listened to it on my way home from work. It really cheered me up. I actually know Jamie Oliver. What? <gasps> and I managed to secure a voicemail. I hope you like it. Oh, Mark. my God. Oh, my God. I said some terrible things about Jamie Oliver, I, maybe. I know. I also made fun of his lovely, bubbly, lovely, lovely, jubbly. We got a lot of emails or messages that were like, yeah, fuck Jamie Oliver. I'm like, whoa, that's, I didn't. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not like, what we he meant. He ruined food. He ruined our school cafeteria oh, food. Anyway, no. let's give it a listen. Are you ready? Jamie Oliver. Hello, Jamie Oliver here. I had a little listen to that zucchini pasta. Gotta say, I don't remember doing an interview on your podcast, but I must have done, because that's more voice. Anyway, gotta go. Gordon Ramsay's coming over. Gotta go step on his bollocks. Lovely bubbly. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank God. He didn't find out what we said about him. Thank goodness. Genuinely, Jamie Oliver, writing into our little old podcast, James. Of all people. I know. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, if you also know... Oh, sorry, go on. You go. I was going to say my favourite Jamie Oliver clip I've ever seen. It's a behind the scenes of him getting a photo shoot for the Herald Sun, which is our one of our terrible papers in Australia, where it was around footy season time while the AFL so they had him pretend to like eat a football on like a platter. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Why? He's like, I don't normally do this dumb shit. Fine, I'll do it, whatever. And he's just like, why am I eating a football? What the fuck is this? <laughs> and it's a video. Yeah, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> This is the kind of content I'm here for. And also great questions, Jamie Oliver. Yeah, all, all great questions. I love that because you normally he's so positive. Good on you, Jamie. Yeah, but that is bullshit. It's like, yeah, do some do a dumb thing. But that is such a photo you would find in yeah. the Herald Sun, though. Yep. I only remember it because I remember him. You can find it. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. go on. Doesn't surprise me. Anyway, if you too know Jamie Oliver and would like to send us yeah. in a voicemail, just like Mark. You can email the show at suggestforpod at gmail.com. Use the voice memo straight in your app. Chuff it away. Chuff and it we'd away. love to get it. We'd love to get it. We would. And that is the show for the week. That's right. Jim Bob, thank you as always to Collings for editing our ramble. Oh, my God. He does it every time. I know. And uh, that's it. That's it. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for suggestibling with us. Suggestible, suggestible. As we say here every week. It's the best Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.